We are thankful that we are able to gather, have time to understand the special because we are reminded again about the many good things that God is doing for us. So we have called this a Thanksgiving Sunday. And I think it's very important that we do not forget to give thanks for all of the things that God has been doing in our lives and that is continuing to do in our lives consistently. So today I want to speak about uh, a subject that I've entitled, A Clear Vision Will Make You Thankful. A clear vision will make you thankful. Okay, for that I will read from the book of Revelation, chapter 7 and verse 11 and verse 12. The Bible reads here, All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor, and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. I'll come back to that very powerful word. Let me read from the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible reads here, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. It doesn't say rejoice when you feel like it, but rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, rejoice. <clears throat> Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 14, verse 15. This is a scripture that... I think we all have heard or know very well. Uh, Matthew 14, 50 says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful presence. We thank you, Lord, for this word that gives us encouragement, that gives us direction, that gives us understanding. And Lord, today I pray, help us, Lord, to get clarity about how we can be able to be thankful before you, not just a day in a year or two days in a year, but consistently giving you thanks and giving you praise and honor for all that you do, for all that you are, for all that you are working out in each and every one of our lives. We give you honor, Lord, and we say thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. We have heard from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, a very, very powerful insight. You know, uh, John, uh, the disciple, the apostle, uh, was able to have a glimpse into the heavenlies. And as he was looking into the heavenlies, he was able to see very powerful things. And we have been talking about some of these things in the last few weeks. But today I want to focus on just two verses. You know, the Bible says the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their face before the throne of God and worshipped God, saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Let's understand, you know, the angels of God do not have a blurred vision about God like we do. Because 
they have never sinned. They have never been separated from the living God. Yes, of course, they had also their temptations, yes, but they did not fall into their temptations. The Bible tells us that, you know, at one time uh, when Satan uh, decided to uh, walk away from God, he tried to bring along the angel world with him. But of course, only one third was able to go that route. And of course, they became fallen angels, or as we know them today, demons. But the other angels remained loyal to God and have continued to serve God. And they're standing in the presence of God, and they are, you know, servants, as the Bible says, sent to serve those who inherit salvation. That means to you and me uh, at all times. But at this particular time, we see that the angels are around the throne of God. And they are looking up to the Lord, to God. You know, they are not separated from God through any barrier of evil or sinfulness. And that's why they have a very, very clear understanding of the nature of God. They have a very clear understanding of everything that comes from God, that flows from him. And no wonder are they worshippers beyond uh, our understanding. You know, they are worshippers by excellence because they have a full understanding that everything that is comes from the Lord. Okay? They understand where the resources from, for creation came from and where the power that sustains all things come from. They have an unhindered vision about the nature of God, about the love of God, about all that God is, you know, opening up himself to the angel world to see. And of course, the angel world may, may not see everything, but they see a lot. They know the plans of God as he unfolds them. The plans for your life, for my life. You know, they know what kind of ministry, what kind of service they have got to do to all of us because they are being sent to do what God has sent them to do. And so they have a clear understanding of what God is up to and what God is planning to accomplish in our lives here on earth. So the angels are not hindered by sinfulness or selfishness like many of us human beings have difficulties to really see the nature of God because of the many things that, you know, are piling up between us and the living God. They, the angel world, they do not take God for granted like sometimes we human beings do because they know that things do not just happen anyhow, but they happen on the command of God. They happen because God says so, because God loves us, and, and, and God constantly is showering us with mercy and with grace. And they do understand that. And that's why, you know, they are worshippers beyond anyone here on earth can worship God. And yet we should learn from them. You know, we should have the blurring uh, uh, visions being removed from us we should be able to see clearly when we are coming into the presence of our God, not being hindered by the fog of sin and selfishness that so often hinders us to see what God is doing. So today, I want to encourage you, you know, that you have a look at our God once again. Now, we may not know everything about God. No human being can ever know everything about God. Not even the angels can know everything about God because God is just so great, so wonderful, so beyond our imagination and our understanding so that we cannot capture everything about God. If we could understand him, then we would be God. But we are not. And neither are the angels. But the angels that stand before the throne of God, they are able to see the very intentions of God, the very plan of God, the very love of God, the very grace of God, the mercy of God. And, you know, they can't help but give God glory and honor and praise. They know the love of God 
they know the benevolence of God, who wants to see all creation stand before him with joy and gladness. That's the plan of God. God does not want to leave anybody behind. In fact, that's the reason why God still continues with uh, this world, because he wants everybody, you know, to come to the fullness of salvation and know the nature of God. And uh, when I say everybody, God doesn't just see everybody that is alive today, but God sees everybody that is going to be born into this world, no matter when, whether it has been in the past, whether it's in the present, or whether it will be in the future. And God wants everyone to come to the saving knowledge in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, because the angels see all that much more clearly than we can ever see it. That's why they never, give, they never stop giving thanks to God. Because they understand and they experience his continued love and the continued flow like a river flows. You know, they, they see the blessings of God flowing in their very community, even amongst the angel world and everything else they know, which we may not fully understand. So that's an amazing picture that God gives, us, gives to us. And I think we need to learn to remove the, the, the fox, you know, the blurring vision that we have from our eyes, not just the natural eyes, but the hearts, the eyes of our hearts, so that we can really bring God praise and honor, so that we can give him thanks in every season, no matter whether things are good or whether things are tough, whether we are fighting a battle or whether we are celebrating a victory, we should always give God thanks because we have got reasons for that, plenty of reasons for that. Now let me take you to this story which I've just been reading where Jesus was uh, teaching a crowd. You know, Jesus was going uh, into a, a place where he thought he could have some time with the Father uh, in, a, in a remote place. But the people had different ideas. They followed him because they knew that they would get answers to their problems. And so they followed Jesus, and they crowded around Jesus. They listened to his words, and uh, for the whole day, they were in his presence because they were hungry, hungry for spiritual answers, hungry for God. And when Jesus spoke, that hunger was being stilled. Now it became late, and the disciples got very worried. They said, what are we going to do with all these crowds? Because uh, they, of course, are hungry for God, but they need also food for their bodies because it's becoming late, and probably they are not eaten maybe for morning. We don't know exactly how long it took, but probably they had not eaten for a long time. So they were very worried, and because of their care, okay, you know, sometimes we care in a wrong way. Because of their care... They came to Jesus and said, you know, just release these people because they need to go and buy something to eat. They need to find some food, otherwise they're going to collapse. And Jesus said, no, they don't need to go. There's a solution here. And he tells his disciples, you give them to eat. Okay, and from the other, uh, the other um, Gospels, we see that they were now looking around, trying to find whatever they could find. And at the end of the search, they came back to Jesus and said, we don't have anything, you know. I mean, what we have is just, it's just a boy's food. You know, we have just little, little, you know. And as it says here, we have only here five loaves of bread. And, and, and probably these were not just loaves like you buy them in the, in the supermarket, but more like small buns because they were the food, the ration for a small boy. So they were more like bats. And then we have got these three uh, pieces of bread and we have got two fish. Okay, that's all we, all we have. Nothing else. And that is just a ration, you know, that a caring mother gave to, his, to, to, her, to her son. Okay, so that at least he would not faint on, on the way. But everybody else had nothing. And, uh, of course, if it was you or me, we may have been very worried. What are we going to do with this little for so many? 
But Jesus didn't worry. You know, because when Jesus looked at that, he did not try to excuse himself like the disciples did. You know, the disciples said, you know, what do we have? It's so insignificant. There's nothing we can do. It won't do the job. But Jesus had a very different way of thinking. And I think it's important that we understand that. What does Jesus do? What does Jesus say? You know, that is what we need to uh, study. Jesus said, bring this to me. Okay? The little, bring this to me. You know, because Jesus saw these buns and the fish, you know, that little bread and the fish that was there, you know, that was just maybe for one person, maybe sharing for two, you know, uh, but otherwise could not do something for 5,000 men plus women plus children. But Jesus said, bring this to me. You know why? Because Jesus saw these little bread and the little ration of fish as a resource. Okay? Write this down. God saw this as a resource. And I think it's very important that we understand that. Okay? And actually, when he saw the resource, for him, it was a seed that was able to lead to a harvest. Okay? And I think that's very, very important for us to understand. You see, if God has given you something, even if it's so small, you should not complain that others have more or that it is too little for you to get the job done. But just thank God because he has given you a resource. Okay? He has given you a seed. And you know, when you have a seed, you never know what can come out of that seed. A seed has the capacity to produce a harvest. And that's exactly what Jesus was able to see. So he was not disappointed. He was not saying, but this is too little. But rather, he took it into his hands, lifted it up before his father, and gave God thanks. He thanked the father for the provision of the resource that was there. Okay? And I think we need to learn, to relearn, or maybe we'll learn for the very first time, that the things that God has given to us are resources. Actually, there are seeds that God has given to us. You know, many times we don't understand that God has given us seed and we spoil the seed because we don't know that it can actually be planted and multiply. But Jesus knew that. And you know, the way you multiply, the, the way you sow a seed in the spiritual realm, okay, in the natural, you know, you get the seed, you put it in the ground, you prepare the ground, you put it in the ground, make sure that there is good nourishment, there is good water and everything. In the spiritual realm, you know, you lift the seed before the Father and you give him thanks. Okay? When you give him thanks, you know, you acknowledge that this is a resource that is not limited to what you see in your hands, but you thank God for what he has given you, which is the beginning of a harvest. Okay? Which is the beginning of something greater that is yet to come. And we need to have a new understanding, a new vision about the things that God has given to us. You know, I can assure you there are many things God has given to you right now which are lying idle somewhere, which you are not utilizing because you think, ah, this can't do anything. Hey, look at the things that you have again. You know, look at the talents, the abilities, look at the, the, the resources that you may have lying at home. You know. There are so many things that God has given to us, more than we can even count. You know, so, many, so many times we are seeing the lack that we have. We're seeing this is not enough, this is not enough, that cannot do, you know, that will not take me to where I want to go. And, and we begin to complain, we become to be, begin to become negative. Rather, then we see the resources of God that have the capacity to be multiplied. And, you know, this is what we need to see. Jesus had that vision. You know, just like the angels that stood before the throne of God, as we have been reading in Revelation chapter 7, just like the angels of God were having a clear vision of God the Father. Of course, Jesus had even a greater vision because he's not just an angel. He's not just a created being. He's actually God himself. 
And because he knows the Father, he knows the value of what he held in his hands. Okay? He knew that time could be sped up. Okay? That he didn't need to take three months, six months, or whatever the time may be for a seed to go into, a ground, into the ground and, and, and germinate and grow and bring a harvest. But he knew that these resources could grow in his very hands. Wow. And you know, many times, we have got resources which could grow like that. But we are looking down upon these resources. We are complaining, you know, because we are looking at others who may have more. Remember these three servants who got talents. One got five, the other one got two, and the other one got only one. The other one who got one, he was jealous. He said, why does this, that, that's my, get, my friend get five and the other two, and me, I got only one. And as a result, he buried it. He didn't do anything with it. When the master came back, the one who had been given five, he produced another five. The one who had gotten two, he produced another two, and both of them were called good and faithful servants because they understood the resource that was given to them by their master had the capacity of multiplication. But the one who had one, he despised what he had. He even despised the master. He even called him a bad man. And many of us do the same thing. I'm telling you, many of you, you think this is too little. Why am I uh, neglected like this? But you are not neglected. In fact, you should begin to utilize what God has given to you. You know, because in that which God has given you, there is power. There is capacity. There is ability. You know, there is so much more than you can be able to see, but you need to utilize it. If you dig a hole and bury it and, 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 and keep it there, it will just remain like that. It will not go anywhere. But if you sow it, if you utilize it, if you use it for the glory of God, it will be able to multiply. So this man, he got a resource, but he never used it. And many of us are guilty of the same offense. Okay? We got resources more than we even think. You know, that's why sometimes it's good for us to count our blessing one by one. Write down, even if it seems to be so insignificant, write down what God has given to you. And then don't leave it there, but utilize it. Use it. Lift it up before the Lord and say, Thank you, Father, for giving me this resource. And I tell you, once you do that, it will have the capacity to multiply. So Jesus gave thanks. And you know, in this very thanksgiving of Jesus, the power of multiplication was set free. The resource in his hands and the thanksgiving in his heart, you know, was opening the avenue into the heart of God and was able to give a multiplication that was amazing. So Jesus was just thanking God, giving God praise, lifting up the little that he had. And then when he brought his hands down, he just began to break what he had. And he gave it to his disciples. And he gave to his disciples. All of them, you know, they were standing in front of him. He had, he had told them to organize in a nice way, in groups. And so Jesus began to give. And the disciples gave to those who were in these different groups. And all of them, all of them were eating. In fact, when everybody had ate, ate everybody had eaten, uh, there was so much left over, 12 baskets full. And again, that is an is a indication, you know, of the fullness of God. You know, when there are 12 baskets, that means everything was so beautiful, so powerful, that the number 12, which is the fullness of God, was still left over. And so I want to tell you the resources that God has given to you, you can't even swallow them up. You can't finish them if you utilize them in the right way. If you give God thanks, if God give God praise and honor and, and, and lift up his holy name. Because God has given you so much more than you can imagine. And yet, so often we leave it unutilized. We leave it in a closet somewhere. 
where it cannot do anything. As I've told you before, you know, you, if you have seeds in your, in your house and you put it in a, in a wardrobe or in a cupboard, you know, uh, that seed will never grow because it needs the surrounding of the soil. It needs to be out in the wind and the weather. Okay, it needs to be planted uh, into a hostile ground. And there it will be able to thrive. In the same way, you know, whatever God has given you as a resource, you must not just hide it like this uh, servant who had a very negative view of his master because he didn't understand the resource that he was given. But we should utilize every resource that God has given to us, lift it up before the Lord and give him thanks. Praise him for what he has put into our hands. And I tell you, what God has put in your hands is amazing. You know, I've heard so many people who say, I can't give God thanks because I've got nothing. You know, you are lying. Because if you had nothing, you would be dead. You're living every day. Every day you are living. Every day you are eating. Every day you are, you are receiving from the, from the goodness of the Lord, from the mercy and grace of God. You see, this is what people don't realize who, who are neglecting God, who are even denying God. They don't know that everything that comes to them comes to them by God's grace. Do you know that everybody in this world is eating? Okay. Yes, there are people who are malnourished, who may not eat enough. But everybody in this world is eating. Do you know that even all the, the creatures, all the animals... They are eating, and there is plenty of food for the animals. You know, if you look at some of these, um, these uh, uh, powerful uh, videos uh, of the animal world, you find that the animals will always find where to, where to find food. Amazing, isn't it? The same is true for us. God provides food, okay? In fact, the Bible says he provides seed for the sower and food for every one of us. Okay? Bread for every one of us. Even if you neglect God, even for those who don't believe in God, God still provides. Because if he didn't, those people would die. And God doesn't want people to die. God wants people to live. So we need to have a fresh look at all that God provides for us continuously and consistently. And he does in a very, very powerful way. God gives to us. And, and Jesus shows to us the secret of how to do this uh, in our lives. So breaking the breads, that means you begin to give from the little that you have. You're willing to break something off. And you will be amazed that actually when you break it, it doesn't become half, it becomes double. Okay, that's our thinking. You know, when, when I break something off, okay, if I break off 10%, then I've got only 90% left. Lift. You see, this is why a lot of people do not want to pay tithes because they're saying if I give 10% to God, then I've got only 90% left. That is a wrong calculation. Because, you see, if you give God your first fruits, which could be 10%, actually it could even be more than 10%. It could be 20%, it could be 30%. And that which is left, God multiplies. Okay? So Jesus had this bread and this fish in his hand, and he broke it, and it never became less. But it became more and more and more. The more he broke it, the more it became. In fact, they had to organize baskets. They had to organize baskets so that they could fill that which was left over. Because God, Jesus said, not even that which is left over should be spoiled. There are people who will be able to eat this later. Now, that's a spiritual lesson that God gives to us. Okay? Which, unfortunately, many of us who are too materialistically inclined do not understand. You know? Because we think if we give half away, then we have only half left. Okay? That is a fallacy. That's wrong. You know, just look at, at marriage. Marriage is something beautiful. You, you may say, this is my other half. 
That means you are half and this, this spouse of yours is the other half. And, and somebody says, you know, um, when, when the two of us got married, you know, my money was only 50% left. That's a wrong thinking. Very foolish thinking. Okay? Actually, you become double. Okay, because the resources that you have are 100%, and then you get another 100% of resources on top of it, which means you have 200%. Amen? Amen. You, are not, you are not diminishing, but you are multiplying. Unless you, if you have got the wrong kind of, of, of mindset, you know, a greedy mindset, then you think like that, that servant thought, I'm losing out. You know, it's a, it's a bad master who gave me only one talent, and the others got more than I did. You know, the mindset of this world is, no, I can't give anything away because then I'm losing out. Actually, you're not losing out. You see, when I got married, I was blessed beyond 100%, beyond 200%. Because somebody came to join me who was a blessing and is a blessing and continues to be a blessing to me every single day. So I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. The more I give, the more I get. Praise God. And this must be the way we, 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 we look at the resources that God has given to us. God has given to you so that you can give. Amen? So that others will also be able to praise the Lord on your behalf. Hey, this is powerful. Let me just read this uh, scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. The Bible says here, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace, all grace. Hey, not a little grace, but all grace abound to you. In all things, at all times, having all that you need, and you will abound in every good work. As it is written, He has scattered abroad the gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase. Hey, have you heard that? An increase. So it's not just supplying, but he's increasing your store of seed. Okay, and if your store of seed is increasing, that means your harvest is increasing even in a, in a, in a much greater way. So, and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. Okay, why are you made rich? So that you are greedy? So that you hold everything that you have? That's the best way to become poor. Okay, I'm telling you, this is how you become uh, stripped of everything. Because greediness means you lose everything. But... God says he's going to increase. Okay? And, and, and praise the Lord, I can testify on that. So will, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. So that you can actually give even more. Okay? Because you're so much that you possibly can't eat it all of, on your own. You can't just, you know, utilize everything yourself. So you have to give away. And it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's, it's not, is that not what the Bible says? Okay, so you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Are you generous on every occasion? You know, do you give when you know I can give, but you, 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 you just, uh, you know, put your hand on your pocket and say, no, I can't give. So many of us do that. Even we Christians, we are not reflecting the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is giving. He loves giving. So you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in, on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So in other words, you become generous and your generosity will bring glory. It will bring thanksgiving to our gods. Because many people will be blessed in the process. And Jesus shows to us this very process when he takes this little bread and fish, lifts it up before the Father, gives thanks to him, and then begins to break it. Because he sees the resource has the capacity 
to be multiplied. And you know, there are many things that you have in your life which have got the capacity to be multiplied, but they are lying idle somewhere in a corner, not doing anything. So thankfulness is a key to the resources of God. You know, that is a very important point. You know, since it's on your bulletin, just underline it, write it somewhere on a, on a poster and hang it up in your, in your uh, closet or in your uh, uh, living room or wherever, you know. Thankfulness is the key to the resources of God. Isaiah chapter 51 Let me read from 1 and 2. The Bible says here, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut, and to the quarry from which you were hewn. And look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one. How many was, were they when, they when God called them? One. Abraham was one person, one. Just by himself. And how many children of God are we today? You know, there are people like the sand on the seashore, like God showed to Abraham, like the stars in the sky. Not just only according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, because all of us who have come to God by faith, we are children of Abraham. Praise God. Amen? But he was just but one when God began his story with him. When I called him, he, he, he was but one, and I blessed him, and he, I made him many. Praise God. That's the way God works. Okay? He begins with one. So never despise the small beginning. Never look at something that you think is too little for me to do anything with. You know, whatever resource God has given to you, it has a capacity to multiply. It has the capacity to grow because it is a seed. If you lift it up, take it in your hands, and give God thanks for it. That's what we need to learn. It's a very important lesson. So never despise the small beginnings. So God provides you. Sometimes with very little, because he wants to see your response. He wants to see your reaction. He wants to see what you are going to do with it. So the miracle is in the seat. Okay, so which means there are miracles that are with you, but you don't see them. There are miracles inside of your life. There are miracles inside of your house. There are miracles that you have received from God, but you are not utilizing them. They're never showing them miraculous power because you're sitting on them. As long as you sit on them, nothing will happen. Just like that one servant that was hiding, that was, was, was digging a hole to hide what he had, it will never multiply there. But if you utilize it, if you use it, if you give God thanks for it, if you lift it up before the throne of God and if you're breaking it, that means you are, you're willing to, to let go of it, you will be amazed how it will multiply. So we have plenty of seeds, every single one of us. Okay? Every one of us. And if you have seeds, you can have a harvest provide you sow it. The harvest is just a matter of time, okay? Every seed that gets into the ground will eventually, you know, germinate and will produce according to its own kind. So we have plenty of seeds, okay? Look what God has given to us. He has given us life. And thank God we are all alive, okay? Many of our friends, many of the people we knew and some of them we don't know but we read about in the paper or hear about, they're not alive today. They have succumbed to these uh, challenges, to this disease called COVID. And thank God we are alive. God has given us life. God has preserved your life. Some of you have been positive and you came through and you recovered. Thank God. You know, we should see life in a new way. 
And remember, life is a seed. As long as you have it, it can multiply. Look at your health. Look at the grace of God. Look at the mercy of God. Look at the many things that God has given you, your talents, your abilities, your way of capturing a thought. You know, we all have got very unique ways of, 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 of doing things and, and, and the ability to think about issues and find solutions to issues. You know, we are all different, but we are all wonderfully made by God. And everything that God has given to you is a resource. If it's a resource, that means it's a seed. Many of the resources that God has given to you, you know, they can make you money at the end of the day. Like if you're a farmer and you have seed, you can put the seed into the ground and it will, you will get a harvest and you get a good, a good return from your harvest. Or if you are a professional, maybe you're an architect, you're a builder, you're a, you're a doctor or whatever you are, you know, God has given you the skills that can be able to provide for you and not for you alone, but even for others in the process. God has given us so much. Don't look down upon anything that God has multiplied and given to you in your life. The Bible tells us those who plant with tears, they will reap with joy. Sometimes what you have is just so small and you cry. Even that little dove to give it away and put it into ground have to sow it. But when the harvest comes, the tears will be wiped away and you will be able to rejoice and be joyful before your God. So let us thank God. You know, even so, we are in the midst of a terrible pandemic. God still has given us a wonderful harvest. Isn't that powerful? You know, we have a bumper harvest this year. You know, we have got multiplied blessings. Whatever has been sown, you know, has produced a good return, a good harvest. And I know a lot of people who have gone out and rejoiced for what they have been able to receive. Isn't that powerful? And we need to learn from that. So that's the sacrifice of thanksgiving, you know. You give away. You commit your seed into the ground. You break what you have. It may be hard, but it will bring a return. So never be anxious about anything. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 4. We have been reading that earlier on. Verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What a powerful word. Do not allow anything to blow your vision about the almighty God. Just like the angels can see God in his greatness, let us see him in his greatness. Do not be anxious about anything. Yes, we have got many reasons to be anxious about, you know, the, 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 the pandemic, the many people who are in quarantine right now, the many people who are not able to come to uh, be with us at this moment in time because of so many issues. But thank God he is protecting each and everyone wherever we are. So don't be anxious about anything. You know, even if it's threatening your life, don't be anxious about it because God is greater than the threat of the pandemic, the threat of death. Okay? So whatever it may be, this anything, whether it's COVID, whether it's finances, whether it's pain, whether it's death, don't be anxious about it. But remember that you give God praise. God is far above everything that can make us anxious. He has got all things in his hands. And that's why we should not be anxious in anything. He supplies to all of us whatever we need according to his word. And that's why we should always look forward to the harvest that he is preparing for us in the future. Okay, remember the Bible says you have been rich, made rich in every way so that you can be more generous on every occasion. Isn't that powerful? So all this at the end of the day should result in greater thanksgiving who gives us uh, thanksgiving for the good things that God gives to every single one of us. So sacrifice 
a thank offering. You know, in the Old Testament, the thanks offering was an animal that people had to bring to put it on the altar and they had to bring it to God. So it was a cost. God doesn't want empty words, okay? Sometimes we say, God, I thank you, I thank you, with words that have got no substance. You see, it's different when God speaks because what God says always has substance. When he says, let there be light, there is light. But when you say thank you, it may mean nothing unless you are proving your thankfulness with the substance that you have. So let your words, let our words be backed up with the substance that God has already given us, the seed that he has given to us, so that we bring that seed and put it into the place where it's supposed to be, into the ground where it can multiply. The seed is what God will receive, and he will multiply it. Okay, when you lift up like Jesus did, that little meal before the Lord, and say, Father, I thank you, and then he brought it back down and started beginning to, to break it. It multiplied. And I tell you, the same thing can happen to us today. It should happen to us today. It must happen to us today. The Bible tells us in chapter, Psalm chapter 50, verse 14, sacrifice, thank offering to God. Okay, sacrifice means it's a cost, isn't it? It's something that you don't like to do. Because, you know, a sacrifice is always a cost to you. The Bible says, sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to your Most High. You know, sometimes when we are blessed, we are very quick to give God promises that we then never fulfill, that we never keep our words for. You know, and that we must, we must uh, try to Recall what kind of vows we have given to God which we have never kept because these things will hinder you to receive the blessings of God. So sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. Thank God. In the day of trouble we are not alone. In the day of trouble we don't are left by ourselves and by our own devices but we know where we can come to. And the Bible tells us, God says to us, I will deliver you and you will honor me. That's a promise. I will deliver you. Praise God. God says, I will deliver you. Okay? So let's learn to give God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Okay? The seed is what God will receive from your hands as little as it may be, and he will multiply it. And that will lead to your delivery. That will lead to a breakthrough in your life. God desires to do great things in every single one of our lives. He wants to do good, you know. But you must give him the seeds. You must share with him what he has given you as a resource. If you hold it, if you clamp on it, you know, then you will not, it will not help you. But if you give it to him, it will be able to multiply. So remember, God has given us plenty of seed. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Recognize the many things, as small as they may be or as big as they are, to remember that God has blessed you. You see, the way you are able to think. You know, so many of uh, us who have gone through, through tough times, they have been almost totally been paralyzed, couldn't do anything. I've heard a number of people who told me, I couldn't even think, I couldn't even get up, I couldn't even walk. You know, all these are things that God gives to us by his grace. And if you can do all of these things, if you can think, if you can write down, you know, intelligible, intelligent things, you know, write a book, write a song, write whatever, or write a business proposal, or whatever it is, you know, that's God's wonderful grace to you. It's a gift God gives to us. 
so many times we just take it for granted. Okay, it's just like that. No, it's not just like that. It's God's gift to us. So let's thanksgiving be faith in action in our life. And, you know, when we lift up what Jesus did, you know, the little that we have, if, if you may be looking as little, Jesus didn't look at it as little because he knew the capacity. He knew the, the ability that was in that little meal that he was lifting before the Lord. And he was praying, giving thanks to God, and it multiplied. If we can learn to do the same thing, if we can give God praise and honor for what he is doing and continues to, to do in each and every one of our lives, you know, if we have a, a, a vision that is not blurred by all the worries and anxiety that we may have in this world, you know, then we can see God much more clearer and we can be able to give him praise and honor, worship him, thank him. And in that way, God will come through for us. He will deliver us. He will multiply the harvest. He will give us so much that we cannot help but give away in generosity. And many people will be able to be blessed and can be giving thanks to God in the same way like we are. May God bless you as you put these words into practice in your own life. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank you that you're a good God. You're a God who gives us so much, so much on talents, abilities, life, health. Lord, so many things that we rarely stop to give you thanks for. But today, Lord, we want to, we want to stop. We want to lift up what you have put into our hands and we want to give you praise. We want to give you thanks. We want to thank you, Lord, for even the little things that you have given to us. Because we know these are resources which have got the capacity to grow in amazing ways. So, Lord, we thank you that we can sow that seeds. And that we know that you will give us a harvest. Even if that seed will be sown with tears, there comes a time when we will reap with joy. And we give you praise, we give you honor for that fact. Thank you, Jesus. Showing us this powerful principle. And we are grateful, Lord, for everything that you have done in our lives and that you continue to do in each and every one of us. May your name be glorified. We give you thanks. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.